Well, the Gonzaga Bulldogs never really left the national conversation, but they are sure right back in it after a banner day in program history, securing the return of both Drew Timmy and Julian Strother for the next year's squad. We are discussing Timmy's legacy, hearing from Julian, and discussing some potential starting lineups for this team, some which could really surprise people, all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. I want to thank all of you who have continued to make Locked On Zags your first listen of the day, as well as those of you who have checked the show out on YouTube. If you have not done so yet, just go to YouTube.com, search Locked On Zags, and hit that subscribe button. Huge, huge day for the Gonzaga Bulldogs yesterday. I don't think I have ever seen an offseason turnaround quite as quickly as it did on Wednesday for the Zags. The start of June has been a great start for Gonzaga basketball. The offseason started out kind of slow. We weren't sure what was going to happen. The only thing we knew for sure was that Chet Holmgren Holmgren was not going to leave. We found out fairly quickly that Andrew Nempard was going to declare for the draft and lose his eligibility. At that point, it was either going to be two starters out the door or as many as all five starters out the door because Julian Strother declared for the draft, Drew Timmy declared for the draft, Rasir Bolton declared for the draft. The Zags missed out on a couple of their high-profile targets early in the offseason. They missed out on Anthony Black. They missed out on Sky Clark. There were a handful of other guys, Dawes Amac, Johnny Broom. And it was starting to look a little bit, people were getting a little nervous. I know that uh, based on the tone of some of the mailbag questions, just based on interacting with people on Twitter, there was some concern that Gonzaga was going to to maybe not be as good or not be as part of the national conversation as much going into next season. They, of course, then landed LSU big man Efton Reed, which I think helped put some people's minds at ease. And then the big news came this week after the NBA draft combine running right up to the deadline. We talked all about Rasir Bolton and his decision to return to Gonzaga for his fifth and final year of collegiate eligibility. That is all in Tuesday's episode of the podcast, or excuse me, Wednesday's episode of the podcast. Today, we're talking about the two other big ones. Julian Strother, who made his declaration yesterday morning that he was coming back to Gonzaga, and then Drew Timmy, who waited until the last possible minute. The Ever the showman that Drew Timmy is, he had us waiting right up until the deadline to simply tweet in lowercase letters, I'm back. He pulled a Michael Jordan on us, just wanted everybody to know he's coming back. It was, there was no read. There was no read. I talked to people who are plugged into the program. I talked to people who have had sources in the past. Nobody knew what was going on with Drew Timmy. He played this thing very, very close to the chest. I believe, I'm sure we'll hear more from him uh, as he does some more media availability in the offseason and maybe we'll get a sense of what was going through his head and maybe where he was at leading up to that deadline. But I think that this was really a toss-up right up until the last moment for him. Uh, But Timmy is back. 
He's already being compared to Perry Ellis out of Kansas and many other players who seemed to be in college for far longer than people expected them to be. This is typically the case of players who were very good as freshmen and then, of course, did not leave early for the draft, uh, something that has become very infrequent. If you are very, very good in college, you typically are not in college the following season. That does not happen all that often in the modern uh, landscape of college basketball and the NBA which is why Drew Timmy is such an anomaly. He was obviously very good as a freshman, even in a backup role to Philip Petrusev. He broke out as a superstar as a sophomore on that 2020-2021 team with Jalen Suggs when they went all the way to the championship, ran it back for another year alongside Chet Holmgren, was dominant again last year, and now he's back. He's bringing it back again for Drew Timmy. This isn't even his final year of eligibility, which is insane because of the COVID year. He technically could come back after this upcoming season. I would be surprised if he did, but quite frankly, I did not think for most of last year that Drew Timmy was going to return either. At the end of the season, when thinking about it a little bit more, especially with the year ending a little bit earlier than it did, I could start to see how this might happen, how the pieces could come together for Drew to make a return to Gonzaga and play another big role. Ultimately, that is, of course, what he decided to do. Northern Quest Casino, his one of his many NIL partnerships, seemed to give an indication that maybe he was thinking about going pro. I don't know if that was a red herring. Uh, they tweeted out, like, congratulations are in store for Drew Timmy. Uh, perhaps they were just congratulating him on coming back or on securing a, a new deal with them. I don't know the full story there. Maybe that will be something that will come out uh, in the coming days here. But Drew's back. He's back. He's going to resume his role as Gonzaga's starting power forward on offense, starting center, uh, you know, kind of playing playing a post position for the Zags. He has a chance to finish his career as an all-timer, all-time Zag great. He will finish his career as an all-time Zag great, but he has the chance to move up some of the leaderboards. Notably, he needs 675 points to become Gonzaga's all-time leading scorer, a record that has not been broken since Frank Burgess set it in the 60s. All of Mark View's tenure, the greatest years of Gonzaga's history, nobody, nobody has scored more points than Frank Burgess did nearly 70 years ago. Drew Timmy needs 675 points to break that record. He scored 690 points last year, so this is very much within the realm of possibility for Drew Timmy to do. What an incredible accomplishment that would be to be Gonzaga's all-time leading scorer. I know the expectations were high for him when he came to campus, when he joined Gonzaga, but I don't know if anybody could have seen this coming. He needs 202 rebounds to move into sixth all-time on the rebounding list. That would be that would put him just over Shemek Karnowski, who is currently in that role right there. Timmy wasn't showing up on a lot of draft or a lot of comb, excuse me a lot of draft boards after the NBA draft combine. He performed well in the scrimmages at the combine. His testing and measurements were not great. Those are not things we expected him to particularly excel at. Uh, he he looked very good offensively in the scrimmages. I think he looked improved defensively. Obviously, don't know all of the feedback that he received. Whether there are specific things he wants to work on work on at Gonzaga. Whether those are things that have been communicated to coach few. I don't know the situation there, but he's back. He's going to run it back with this squad. Uh, and he's joining, he's joined by Julian Strother. Strother made his decision a little bit earlier in the day. He was having some fun with people on Twitter. Uh, he said, I believe he tweeted that he's going to finish his smoothie first before he makes his announcement. Uh, he talked to Brenna Green. We're going to hear that entire interview in its entirety on the second segment of this podcast, but he talked about 
the, the feelings of kind of stress and, and the feelings of peace when he finally decided that he was going to come back to Spokane, that that was the decision that was right for him. He obviously adds excellent outside shooting, tremendous offensive skill uh, to this squad. He's a he's an improving defensive player as well. I think he's going to play a lot of small ball four. We're going to spend the third segment talking about some projected lineups and where he could fit into that mix. Strother did admit that he had a quad strain, which is what prevented him from participating in the scrimmages at the combine, something that, that bumped him out pretty significantly because he thought he had the chance to to boost his draft stock by performing in that the way that Andrew Nembhard did, the way that Drew Timmy probably did as well, although he's obviously opting not to use that uh, to, to be in the draft. But uh, Strother is is happy to be back. He said he was excited to get to call his teammates and tell them that he was coming back. Um, and we're going to hear all of that here in the second segment. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with the summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? We are going crazy for the Puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. Sign me up. If that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the Mixed Box. The Mixed Box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Bilt.com to get all your favorites. Banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Bilt.com. In fact, go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags. And we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. All right, segment two, we are talking, or excuse me, we are not talking to Julian Strother. Brenna Green of KREM is, had a conversation with Julian Strother after he decided to return to Gonzaga. It was before Drew Timmy made his decision, so there are some conversations about that. Uh, Julian talks about how this was such a tough decision for him, how he truly didn't make his mind up until the morning that he had to decide on June 1st, uh, why he's more at peace coming back to Gonzaga, and... And some conversation about the the infamous smoothie that Julian had to consume before he officially made his announcement that he was returning to Gonzaga. More on all of that right here. Julian, just just first of all, uh, how how difficult was this decision for you? Uh, it, it was it was one of the more difficult decisions, probably up there with uh, not not even nowhere near as as easy as it was to pick a school it was way more difficult than than picking Gonzaga initially I mean I didn't even know my uh final decision until about 7 30 a.m this morning so uh, I used use as much time as I could but this this is the decision that made me most happy and made the most sense uh 
did you wake up this morning with like a sense of peace or something or what what made that decision for you nah i woke up to my phone ringing got on got on a call as soon as i woke up and uh you know got straight to business but you know right to that phone call shoulders dropped a little bit and then you know just told my family told my dad my sisters and got straight to to announcing it what was the staff's reaction um when you said all right let's do this again uh they were, they were really excited um you know first one to uh, reach out was uh b mike obviously brian michelson he's my guy we talk every day so you know he's really excited and ready to go and you know got the Got the annual, you know, one time a year call from Coach Few. Actually, this is my second call from him in like two weeks. And, you know, that's probably our fourth or fifth phone call since I uh, started getting recruited by Gonzaga. So, you know, seeing his name pop up on my phone is always, always been some importance happening. But, you know, he's really happy and really excited to just get to work and, and make something happen this year. Awesome. Um, why, why did you decide that going back to GU was the right decision for you? Um, you know, just the feedback I received and, and the opportunity that I have to to continue to grow on on my uh, sophomore campaign and continue to grow as a player physically and mentally. And, you know, I mean, obviously the opportunity was there, but I feel like there was a little bit more room for growth and, you know, continuing to improve my draft stock and also just come back to Gonzaga and, you know, go at it again with my brothers and try, try to get that national championship. Obviously, you don't know the full makeup of this team right now, because we're still waiting on one guy, <laughs> um, which I'm terrified is going to break while I'm in this interview. So that's going to be fun. Um, we're all watching our phones. <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of um, everyone's tweet notifications and everyone's Instagram notifications on it. That's, that's a pro tip right there. Um, <laughs> um, but just what are you most excited about um, this team as you see it, you know, right now? Um, I feel like, you know, this this is going to be a really exciting, really fast team. I mean, you look at the, the makeup of just of what we have right now, just the guards and even, the, you know, the bigs being really athletic and fast and being able to run up and down the court. And I feel like defensively, we're, we'll, we'll be a lot, lot more um, able to guard on the perimeter, a lot, lot better than we did last season. And, you know, obviously losing the rim protection from Chet is, is, is a hurt, but I feel like we'll be able to defend and, you know, really just play even faster than we have. In, in previous years, which is saying something. What do you want? To, what do you want to improve upon the most next year? Um, I mean, just continuing to uh, you know expand my role, you know, handling the ball, you know, continuing to you know shoot it well. Obviously, I want to keep growing as a defender, but the main thing is just you know being a leader. And you know, I mean, it's here. I mean, it's my junior year. It's it's time to you know take take a step in in, in the leadership department. So you know, just being able to lead guys and you know be be that emotional leader and, and talk and, and be there for guys. That's what I want to do. If Drew doesn't return, that's obviously going to be your role on for this sure. team. How, sure. how does that feel? Uh, it, it's pretty wild. I feel like these these past two years have gone by really fast. And, and to say that I'm a, a junior and, you know, could be one of the more experienced guys in the GU system this upcoming year. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. But I um, mean, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, that is, this is all you could ask for, you know, being on one of the best teams in the country and, and to have that role. I mean, it's all you could ask. Did the ending, did the, how last year ended impact your decision at all? Uh, I mean, for sure, like the bad taste in, in my mouth, you know, especially not only how um, 
we finished as a team, but how I did individually left a bad taste in my mouth. I feel like, you know, personally, people people remember those last three games uh, of my season as a player. And, um, you know, it's it just everybody just got to see that. And, and that was that. So to be able to come back and, and do it all over again and, and hopefully finally win a national championship and leave a, a good taste in people's mouth this time around. Just what was the draft process like for you? Um, it, it was really good to me. I mean, you know, it's something that you dream of, you know, finally be able to, you know, see see yourself go to the NBA uh, combine and, and, you know, be, be in this process, talk to GMs and, and be in other uh, teams facilities. I mean, it's something you dream of. And it was nothing but good to me. I got nothing but great feedback and, you know, nothing, nothing that hurt me. And I was able to take all that on the chin and apply it and talk to my family and my agents and make sure that we make the best decision and how to capitalize on, on the opportunity. So I feel like, you know, going in there and being able to, to test the draft process was, was nothing but positive. Yeah. Uh, what was it just kind of like having to live in limbo these last two months of not knowing what you were going to do? Um, I, the uncertainty was re really definitely eating up, eating up at me. I mean, I, I really just didn't like that. I didn't know what was going to happen in, in the next month or so. And I couldn't, you know, I got the question a million times about how I'm feeling. And I just had to tell them the same thing. I don't know. Like, I, I genuinely don't know. And then leading up to last night, people still asking me, had to tell them before I went to bed, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So, um, you know, to finally have that set in stone that I'm, you know, going to be in Spokane two weeks and back on the court and getting, getting ready for the season. I mean, it's just finally dropped my shoulders. Um, you decided to sit out of those NBA combine games. Why, why did you decide to do that? Uh, it, it was just um, actually a, a quad strain that I had got the day before during the uh, testing, testing drill. So uh, woke up that next morning, tried to go, just couldn't do it. So I had to sit out those games, which is really disappointing for me. I was really looking forward to playing in those and, you know, seeing the success that Andrew and Drew had in those games, I feel like I could have done the same thing. But, you know, it's just how the cookie crumbles and you got to eat it. What's it, uh, what has what it uh, been like on Twitter for you the last 24 hours? You, uh, uh, you're a little bit more vocal than normal for Julian Strother on there. Uh, yeah, um, honestly, I was just having fun. I was just stressed out. So I was like, might as well just try to have a little bit of fun with it, a little bit of comedic relief. I feel like, you know, the 25, 30 minutes that it did last was, was really fun. And even this morning, you know, waking up, telling everybody, just give me a couple minutes so I could finish my smoothie, which was true. I had to finish my smoothie this morning before I uh, put out the announcement. But it was just, you know, having fun, you know, just being able to interact with people and, and, and see what they're talking about. What flavor was the smoothie? Inquiring minds must know. It was a mango, mango smoothie. It, it was, it was. 10 out of 10, five stars. All right, well, there you go. That's very important. Uh, just finally, what um, what's what's your message to the fans about returning? Um, th this year is going to be fun and fast-paced, and, and I hope everybody can keep up because we're going to go off, off and running. Oh, sorry, I forgot one more thing, actually. Just what was the reaction like from your teammates when, um, as you, when you announced that? Uh, I got on a call with Nolan and Hunter uh, pretty much right after that. And, you know, they were really excited to have me back. You know, just talked to everybody. I talked to Razier before the fact, um, before I had actually announced it. And, you know, we were just excited to, to, you know, just get back together. I feel like everybody's just really happy that, you know, the roster's finally forming. I mean, there's a lot of missing nameplates in the locker room right now. And, 
you know, I feel like to finally fill those up is going to make everybody feel a lot better. And we're all just happy, happy that we're, we're back. All right. Thanks to Brenna for sharing these audio clips with us here on the Locked on Zags podcast. We're going to close out today's episode with some potential lineups for Gonzaga based on what we currently know on the roster and what we think we might know about the roster coming up with some few transfers who may make their decision very soon right after this. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags. We're talking lineups. This is going to be the first of what I expect to be many, many, many conversations we have about what Gonzaga's starting lineup could look like, what the rotation could look like, the conversa- the ever often conversation we have about whether Mark Few will ever opt to expand his rotation past eight or nine players. I know we're going to have that conversation this year because we have way too many players on this roster and there's going to be some guys who don't get playing time or get very little playing time who we would otherwise expect on many other Gonzaga rosters in the past to get playing time. Again, the Zags now have returned three of their five starters. That was the pretty much the maximum that we thought could return. Technically, Andrew Nembhard or Chet Holmgren could have, they both had eligibility remaining, but once Nembhard declared for the draft, he had declared the maximum number of times, so he could not return. Chet Holmgren was never, ever, ever going to come back to Gonzaga, so realistically, three was the most, the, the highest outcome that could have happened for Gonzaga, the most players that could have returned. That ended up being the case. I'm surprised. I thought two of those guys might come back. I didn't know exactly which combination of guys would be back. I thought it was realistic that maybe only one of them was going to come back. Certainly Julian Strother was showing up on a lot of mock drafts. Drew Timmy has very little else to prove in college. Rasir Bolton could have easily started his professional career playing uh, overseas or in the G League, but all those guys have opted to run it back at Gonzaga, so they lose. Chet Holmgren, which is a monumental loss. I, I don't think that that we can understate how significant of a loss Chet Holmgren is on both the offensive and defensive end and losing a very experienced point guard like Andrew Nembhard. These are both very huge losses. Those are the second and third most important players on last year's roster are not going to be on the team heading into next year. So far, there have only been two official additions to next year's roster. That would, of course, be LSU transfer big man Efton Reed, who we discussed at length uh, the week that he decided to come to Gonzaga. We interviewed Locked On LSU host Caroline Fenton. We talked to Tobias Bass, who helped break that news, uh, talked about the impact he could have, how he's a, a good defensive player, particularly away from the rim. He's a developing offensive player as well. The Zags have also officially added Braden Huff to next year's roster, a 2022 recruit, four-star guy, Mr. Illinois, the best basketball player in the state, uh, played in Chicago last year. Both those guys are going to be on the roster next year. Reed will be a part of of the rotation and is going to play significant minutes. Huff, very big question mark on what his role is going to look like next year, if there's going to be a role for him at all next year. But that's not it for additions. It appears, and it is not official at this point, it might be official by the time you listen to us. Many people expect that he will make this announcement on Thursday or Friday of this week. But Chattanooga transfer guard Malachi Smith pulled out of the NBA draft but remained in the transfer portal. Everybody is predicting him to go to Gonzaga to the point where I think that this conversation has potentially already happened where he has decided to come to Gonzaga. The announcement just has not been made. Again, 
until the announcement is made, we, we cannot be 100% certain that Malachi Smith is coming to Gonzaga, but I am expecting that to be the case. Uh, Smith averaged 19.9 points per game last year as a combo guard for Chattanooga. He shot 41% from three. This dude is a straight-up, lighted-up scoring guard. He does more than just that. He can handle the point position if needed to. He can play off the ball if needed to. He's a little bit like Roz Bolton in that case when they when they secured Bolton out of Iowa State. Obviously, Smith is coming from a much smaller school where he, he's a bit more like Ryan Woolridge in that case, I suppose, where Woolridge was the guy at North Texas. He did all of their scoring. He was their he was their their focal point offensively. Smith was much more in that role at Chattanooga. Now he's potentially going to come to Gonzaga. That's a huge ad for them. It crowds up an already very crowded guard room with Bolton returning, with Strother returning, with Dominic Harris, you know, hopefully being healthy next year. There's no reason to believe that he won't be healthy and ready to go next year. And of course, you know, just the two five-star guards who were freshmen last year in Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman. It's an incredibly loaded guard room. And Malachi Smith fitting into that is something that I'm very curious how they're going to pull that off, assuming again that he commits to Gonzaga. And then the final piece, the other next piece is Baba Miller, a 2022 recruit out of Spain. He's one of, if not the top European recruit available right now, the Zags. There's been some concern throughout the offseason that their international recruiting is going to take a hit because of Tommy Lloyd's departure to Arizona. Tommy is in on Baba Miller as well. If the Zags land Baba over Tommy Lloyd in Arizona, hopefully that will quell some of those concerns uh, going forward for the Zags. Miller is a six foot ten. They list him as a small forward. He 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 does not quite play a traditional post position despite his size. 6'10 shooters, 6'10 wings are all the rage in the NBA, and they're an absolute matchup nightmare at the collegiate level. It's part of what made Chet Holmgren so dominant. It's part of what made Paolo Bancaro and Jabari Smith from Duke and Auburn so dominant is that they were big guys who could stretch the floor, who could shoot from the outside, who could handle the basketball, at least in Paolo's case. And that is the kind of skill that is still really rare in college. It's it's really rare, period, to have that skill set. And guys who can do that at the collegiate level are going to be absolutely elite. The things we don't know about Miller, we don't know how prepared he is. We don't know how raw he's going to be. There's not a lot of data out there on him that is readily available. You can scour the internet. You can find some videos. You can find a couple of write-ups on him. But until we see him in action, it's a little bit tough to know what kind of contributor he's going to be. You look at some of the European guys the Zags have brought over. Some of them have contributed right away. Uh, Obviously, DeMontis Sabonis is a very prime example of that, of of an international guy who was instantly very, very good for Gonzaga. But then you have guys like Rui Hachimura, who took a couple of years, or Kelly Olenek, who uh, took a couple of years as well. It's not always a linear process. It doesn't always happen right away. For the Zags this year, it's probably more advantageous for Miller to develop behind the scenes. Again, he has not officially committed to Gonzaga. I want to make that very clear. He is known to be in Spokane as we speak, visiting with the team. It's very possible he commits before he leaves. It would be it would be tough for him to leave and head all the way back to Europe without having secured a commitment. So that is a very possible outcome that happens today or tomorrow as you're listening to this. But that that's that's kind of it. The Zags the Zags roster is getting pretty full. They don't have a lot of scholarships available. Returning all three of those guys while is 
it's a phenomenal outcome for Mark Few and the Zags. They were kind of pulling on some other options here because they needed to know like, hey, we have some roster spots to fill and there are very talented players who are available who want to play at this school. So we want to put them in a uniform as much as possible. But then when Bolton came back, when Strother came back, when Timmy came back, it made things a little bit more challenging. A good example of that is Pete Nance out of Northwestern. Nance, like Malachi Smith, withdrew from the NBA draft but remained in the transfer portal. So the conversation became, he's not going pro, but he's not going back to Northwestern. Where is he going to play? Nance picked up a crystal ball prediction to come to Gonzaga, but as soon as Drew Timmy returned, that crystal ball prediction changed from Gonzaga to undecided which probably means that he was planning to come to Gonzaga if Drew Timmy was leaving. He has now opted not to do that. It's very much up in the air. If Boba Miller does not come to Gonzaga, then they do have an open roster spot, even if Malachi Smith does commit. I think they can make the roster spots work. That spot may not be open right now, but I think that there's some finagling they could do with somebody's scholarship to potentially move them off scholarship, bring somebody else in. Again, there, there's no official news on any of this happening at this point, but I think the Zags, if they could find a way to get two of those guys, whether it's Smith and Baba Miller, which is my prediction, whether it's Smith and Nance, whatever it might be, if two of those guys want to come to Spokane, want to play for this Gonzaga team, they will find a way to put them on that roster. I really firmly believe it. So trying to make predictions on what this lineup is going to look like is still not quite feasible. We can't quite do it. I'm still going to give you some guesses. I'm still going to put out my best predictions because I'm going to do this a lot of times over the next couple of months. So we might as well start it off today, right after the biggest day in Gonzaga offseason history, potentially with the return of both Strother and Timmy. Here's my first pass at a projected starting lineup for next season's roster. Nolan Hickman at the one, Malachi Smith at the two, Rasir Bolton at the three, Julian Strother at the four, Drew Timmy at the five. I love this lineup. I think that it's very fun. It's very athletic. It's it's pretty similar to the style of lineup that Gonzaga ran during the 2020-2021 season uh, in the sense that they had two point guards in Jalen Suggs and Andrew Nembhard. And this year they would have kind of three point guards on the floor with Nolan Hickman, Malachi Smith, and Rasir Bolton. Bolton played pretty much exclusively off the ball last year. So I don't know that we can count him as a point guard, but Malachi Smith has handled the ball, can play point guard. Nolan Hickman is, of course, a traditional point guard. So you have three guards. You have a small ball four in Julian Strother, which kind of replicates the role that Corey Kispert played during that 2020-2021 season. And then, of course, you have Drew Timmy at the five. So basically, three traditional guards, one wing, and Drew Timmy. That's what the, that's what that team looked like. And they ba- basically didn't lose any games until the national championship game. So not a bad idea to replicate that. Do I think that Hickman or Malachi Smith are the same as Jalen Suggs and Andrew Nembhardt? No, not necessarily. But I think that this team has even more depth beyond that. That would be my starting lineup if, of course, this, this is presuming Malachi Smith does come to Gonzaga. That leaves the rest of your rotation as Efton Reed, Anton Watson, Hunter Salas, and Dominic Harris. What an incredibly deep bench. Reed's a top 25 prospect in his class who started every game at LSU last year. Anton Watson has been a very, very good rotation player for the Zags for the last three seasons. 
Hunter Salas is a five-star recruit, the second highest rated recruit in Gonzaga history coming into a sophomore year, coming off the bench. And then Dominic Harris, of course, is a guy we haven't seen enough of yet because of last year's injury, but was a top 60 prospect in his class as a good defensive player and a good outside shooter. That's a phenomenal nine-man rotation, and that's nine dudes. Mark View doesn't like to play nine dudes, so one of those guys might not even make the cut to play significant minutes for this team next year. And that's not including Ben Gregg, who's coming into his third collegiate season, although he will be a sophomore. That's not including Caden Perry, whose injury situation is very up in the air right now. But if he's healthy, he's a guy who can obviously play at this level. That's not including Braden Huff, a four-star recruit. And that's not including Baba Miller, if he were to come to Gonzaga as well. So this team is going to be extraordinarily deep. Whether or not Malachi Smith and Baba Miller commit to Gonzaga, if they do, this team is absolutely stacked. If they don't, they're still pretty stacked. They're still going to be in pretty darn good shape with the guys that they have right now. Then they'll have a couple open scholarship spots to go out and pursue other, or at least they'll have one open scholarship spot to go out and pursue options if for some reason Smith and or Miller do not come to Spokane. We're going to talk a lot more about this team's strengths, about this team's weaknesses, and frankly, on Friday's episode, should this team be the number one ranked team in the country? Houston returned some really, really significant players. Kansas lost a lot of players, but also gained a lot of very talented players from last year's roster. Of course, Arkansas has been in that conversation throughout the offseason as well. But now, with Drew Timmy coming back, with Julian Strother coming back, Gonzaga has to be a part of that conversation at the very least as a top five team. That is the primary topic for Friday's episode. We're going to talk about that right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, available on YouTube as well. Finally, thank you again for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. Make sure you go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and, of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.